Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Well, good morning. I hope all of you have been having a great summer with vacations and a slower pace. Um, we've been enjoying the summer here at Grace Crossing Church. In fact, this is last weekend. We went back to back with bonfires. On Friday, many of you were here um, to enjoy a family bonfire that we actually had right up here behind the church. And then uh, last night, we had another bonfire with all the connection group leaders at the Benedetti's house, and which was really, really fun. I want to thank the Benedetti's, man. They're awesome when it comes to inviting people to their home. And it was just a great time to connect with um, a lot of the leaders with the connection group ministry. Well, this summer, we've been going through a series, as you saw here, called 23 and Me. We call it 23 and Me because we're going through Psalms 23. And it's one of the most intimate and personal of Psalms. In fact, oftentimes you'll hear the word me, my, or I, because Jesus as the shepherd wants to draw close to us. And what's, what's really cool about this is the author, he shares from the perspective of a sheep, but with the context of a shepherd. David is in his later years, um, I was tempted to bring up a rocking chair up here because I can see David just kind of sitting in this rocking chair, kind of rocking and thinking back on his life, thinking about when he's a young shepherd boy, thinking about um, when he slew Goliath, when he killed the tens of thousands of Philistines, and then as he became king and was one of the greatest kings Israel has ever had. And as he reflects back on his life, he goes back to those earlier years, those younger years. And it's kind of weird, but I'm getting to that place in my life, 55. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a little bit later, about how um, the wedding of my third daughter just, it just struck me as this milestone moment to kind of look back on my life. And you look at the things that God has done and you begin to kind of prioritize what's really important. And that's what David is doing here. He's zeroing in on how powerful God as shepherd has been in his life. Well, we've journeyed so far through verses one through four. And here's some of the things that we're learning. We're learning that our greatest contentment is found in him as our shepherd. We've learned that we have a need to find rest in him, as he talked about the green meadows. We've learned that our souls need silence, thus the still waters. And last week we talked about that he is near, especially in our valleys, especially even our dark valleys. I want to thank Zach. It took a lot of courage for him to share kind of pretty real time what God was doing in his heart. And there's nothing, you guys, there's nothing that honors God more than a broken and contrite heart that's raw, that takes a lot of courage to share. And, and that's what we're about here at Grace Crossing Church. So Zach, thank you so much. Let's give Zach a hand. I'm just so, whenever, whenever I see that, I, I, I've done it. I know how raw things can be. And, um, but, but man, God is so delighted when we just bring the rawness of our heart. 
Well, this morning, we're moving to uh, uh, verse 5. And before we get to that, um, as we've done each uh, time before the service starts, we've read through Psalm 23. And this time, I want you to read along with me. And if you can, I know it gets a little tricky when you read um, in a congregation, try to emphasize the my, I, and me, and I'll try to help you. But let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, read along with me. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, as I shared a little earlier, uh, we recently had a wedding, but not just our wedding. Um, leading up to that wedding, I actually did a wedding over at the Dayton Art Institute. It was one of the more beautiful weddings that I've ever been to. And then we also went to one to the, um, in Chicago at the Botanical Gardens, which, which I would say out of the, it's, it's in my top three weddings that I've ever been to. So two super beautiful weddings. And what I've learned my wife helped plan it with my third daughter, the, her wedding. I've learned that there's so much going on behind the scenes with these weddings. And so we're at the one at the Botanical Gardens. And my wife goes, can you believe the flower arrangement on the table? And I looked at her. And I never looked at the flower arrangement on the table. And I'm just like, I don't even notice some of these details, because in her mind, she knows how much everything is costing. You know, I gave, I did my job. I gave the budget to them and said, okay, here you go. <laughs> and, you know, we got some parameters here, you know, and she went to it. So she knew and, and knew all these details that was going on. But I've been just learning what's going on behind the scenes. I'm learning the details that go on behind the scenes. I'm learning how exhausted I mean, exhaustive it is to do a wedding. And I'm learning just how important it is to recognize those that are doing things behind the scenes because often it's tireless. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of care going on. There's a lot of planning and a lot of preparing. And my wife did a, did a great job. But I want to ask you um, today, how do you feel when you know someone's doing a lot and working behind the scenes for you? And it's really for your benefit. I mean, there's just something inside of us. It's like, sometimes it's even hard to receive that, that, that when this is happening to us. I think of our tech booth. Um, they're putting in time behind the scenes. We rarely recognize them. I mean, they're making everything kind of happen here on a Sunday morning. In fact, they're here Thursday to get ready. I talked to Brad during the week to get scriptures up here, to get videos put together. 
but it's kind of this behind the scenes work that's happening. And usually that behind the scenes work is so much more time than it takes for just two hours here uh, on a Sunday morning um, for, this to, for this to happen. And I just want to give them a hand. Let's give them a hand back there in the tech booth. They do a great job. Well, that's what's going on here in verse 5 this morning where we're landing, is that God is working behind the scenes as a shepherd. And he's wanting to say, I'm in your corner, I'm with you, and I'm for you. The big idea this morning is even behind the scenes, he is for you. You see, what's interesting about Psalm 23 is David tracks a grazing and a shepherding cycle. The shepherd leaves the ranch in the spring and makes his way through the green pastures and the still waters we saw in verse 2. Then in the summer months, he moves down through the valleys in verses 3 and 4, and then he makes his way up into the high mountain country of the summer ranges that we're going to see now in verse 5. So let's read verse 5 together. You prepare, read with me, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is where we're going to land here um, this morning and just take some time to really grasp what's happening here. You see right away, you prepare a table before me. The summer ranges were called alplands or tablelands, highly prized by the shepherds. These high plateaus were referred to as mesas, which is Spanish for tables. And this is what David is referring to here when he says, you prepare a table for me. So preparation for this time on the tablelands begins in early spring where the shepherd goes out to get things ready for the sheep. And, it even, and then he even makes another journey one month before the sheep arrive. Listen to Keller here in, the, in a shepherd's look at Psalm 23. I refer to this last week. He goes on to say this. The shepherd will go ahead in early spring and make a preliminary sur survey trips into this rough wild country to survey the best use of this land for his flock. Then... Just before they arrive, he will make another expedition to prepare the table land for them. He goes over the range carefully to determine how vigorous the grass and vegetation are and check for the enemies of the sheep before they arrive. Our shepherd is always going ahead of us. He's always preparing the way behind the scenes. And he always has our best in mind. Let's take a look at Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And they are plans for good, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Good plans, a future, a hope. 
if we pray and ask for help and if we seek him with all our heart. That's the clincher. He wants to know that he's got all of our heart. And this is the toughest part for us. Turning over our hearts. Turning over our desires, our concerns, our fears, our worries. He wants us to open up our hands and let him have everything inside of our hearts. Trusting that he really does know me. Trusting that he's really got my best in mind. Do any of you doubt that this morning? That he really knows you? That he really loves you? That he really has your best in mind? Well, I want to go behind the scenes and show you And David, again, writes as the shepherd from Psalm 139, 1 through 6. And he drills in to share how well God the shepherd knows us. He says in Psalm 139, 1 through 6, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive everything. Every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought, get this, before it even enters my mind. He's going ahead. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Go on to the next next slide there. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. And he pauses here and says, this is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me both wonder and strength on the inside. Man, I love that passage. And this is just an incredible behind the scenes of how well God the shepherd knows us. But yet, we can easily just say, uh, no, I don't think you know me that well, Lord. I, even if you do, it's, it's not for me, it's for someone else. We so easily want to resist how well he knows us. I want to encourage you this morning. Drop down the walls. Let it in. Let this passage in. This passage, I would say Psalm 23 and Psalm 139, that's a good way to end your day. Put the phone aside, TV show. Let this soak in. This is rich, good stuff as far as how God really knows us and how God really loves us.
Well, our own will and our own resistance isn't the only thing that can get in the way of this relationship with our shepherd. As incredible as this can be, what else, we, what else that we face is we face attack from enemies. And they want to destroy. They want to stop. They want to put a wedge in between this relationship that God as our shepherd wants to have with us. And this is where David refers to in the next part of verse 5 when he says, in the presence of my enemies. As I mentioned earlier, the shepherd goes ahead of the sheep. He prepares the tablelands. But there's enemies in those tablelands. In fact, the four main enemies of sheep are poisonous plants, predators, insects, and disease. Let me start with poisonous plants. Weeds that look so beautiful. They look like flowers. In fact, one of the ones that I was reading about is like beautiful purple and white flowers. And I saw a picture of them. And they're just weeds. And if a sheep eats these weeds, he's instantly paralyzed. And then he can later die from these weeds. So a shepherd will spend days plucking out these poisonous plants. And it's, it's tedious. It's tiring. But one by one, he'll bend down and, and pull out all these weeds as a part of preparing the table in the presence of my enemies. Well, like sheep, we can be fooled by what looks good on the outside. But it's really a poisonous plant to us. We go ahead without consulting the shepherd and it can paralyze us. It throws us into confusion and we can get frustrated. And often in times of transition, just like the sheep, I, I shared how the sheep are always moving on this grazing cycle. They're always moving from point A to point B. And oftentimes, we think God's focus is on our destination. Okay, God, I'm here. Where do you want me now? And I want to say this morning, he's not as concerned about the destination as he is about your consecration. He wants your heart. He wants you to surrender and willingly obey him and deal with stuff in your heart. Because usually in transition, stuff starts to stir up. Sometimes we get a little scared of how it's going to all work out. But pay attention and lean in that God may want to surface some things in there that are getting in the way in your relationship between you in him. And we need to allow him to, to drill down, as Zach shared, to drill into our fears and to see what's going on in there. To drill down into our worries and our anxieties that may be holding us back. That may be keeping us from being our best selves and for what God has in store for us. He wants us to let go of some of those things. And even if it's hard, even if you're grabbing on and and maybe you just let go of a finger or a couple fingers. Move, move with God. He's a patient God. He's a patient shepherd as we move along and trust him with some of these really difficult areas in our lives. Well, the next enemy is what we commonly think of, of an enemy, and that's predators. So we're talking with sheep, wolves, coyotes, cougars, and bears, to name a few. It's almost like lions and tigers and bears, oh my, coming here. But out of all of these, 
The cougar, believe it or not, is the craftiest. They come and they kill without the shepherd even noticing that they're there. Keller shares from this shepherd perspective. He he says, I never saw a cougar kill a sheep. Every time they would come and go so quickly and discreetly, all I saw was the carcass. The sheep that were most prone to these predators, get this, were the loners. Sheep that had wandered away and were alone or sheep that became so scared They just froze and they couldn't even bleat. They couldn't even say anything. Like sheep, we too have an enemy. It's not a cougar. It's not compared to the cougar. But in this passage, it's described as a lion. Let's read this. uh, 1 Peter 5, 11 through 12. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. We have an enemy. He doesn't play fair, he's sneaky. He's discreet. Sometimes he comes when we least expect it. But I love what this verse says, is that we do not need to be afraid. We can stand firm. I had an experience back in college where it was the first time I was face-to-face with the presence of evil, the, the enemy, um, a, buddy and I, a buddy and I, um, after a, a church service, went out uh, for pizza and a movie at, at a friend of his house. It's an older guy. He's a friend of the family. We're at his house, and we have some pizza. We were watching the movie. You know, it's kind of dimly lit in the, in the living room, like, you know, usually during a movie. And I'm watching this movie, and um, the TV set is like here, and this guy, his name was Don, he was over here. And so I'm kind of watching the movie, and all of a sudden, I just hear he goes, life, I got a henchman inside of me. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm about a sophomore in college, and I'm like, what's going on here? This is weird. And internally, my dialogue was, okay, Lord, I, I need your help here. What, what, how do I respond to this guy? And the guy that had discipled me and helped uh, strengthen me and, and grow in the faith, he said, life... Whenever you run up against the enemy, and he had told me a story of something that happened to him, he said, you bring in the blood of Jesus, and you stand firm in your faith. Don't back down. Lean in. So that's what I did with Don. I said, Don, I said, if you're trying to scare me, I'm just praying the blood of Jesus over you right now. I'm praying the blood of Jesus over this living room and everything that's taking place right now. And all of a sudden, just it's like it never happened. I mean, he, he turned around and just watched the movie, and it was like, uh, you know, kind of peace-centered the room, and it was just this crazy, weird, but supernatural thing going on. And I just realized, like, wow, in Christ, we've got a strength and a faith and the power of the Holy Spirit to stand up against the enemy. And it was my first experience in it, but it's, it's kind of, 
you know, I'm a, I, I played football, I'm a competitor. It's kind of got my juices. Like whenever I, I sense that, I'm like, I want to lean in. I want to stand firm. I want to lean in with faith into these situations and that trust that, that God can use me. Well, what would this look like with sheep? Sheep kind of roaming about. All of a sudden, a wolf coming in. How do you think sheep would respond in a situation like that? Let's watch this video clip. See, the, the wolf's coming from the top right there. And this wolf doesn't give up, just like in our lives. Watch a little bit longer here. Isn't that cool? Isn't that crazy? Did he come out one more time? I can't remember here. Yeah, there he is up on top. Can't barely see him up there. That's good. Yeah, that's a repeat. That's good. We can click cut it right there. How powerful is that? So standing firm, enemy coming. The wolf's coming, stood their ground, stand firm. And I want to say standing firm together is key in this. You saw that, that that sheep was not alone. When we stand firm together in prayer, in unity, in oneness that we talk about, cultural oneness, we need each other. We got to stand close to one another to combat the enemy schemes. And then as, as 1 Peter 5 said, we got to stay strong in the faith. I love what Zach said, and it's a slogan in our church. Come as you are and grow. Keep growing. Get around people that want to pour gasoline on the fire of your growth and keep you growing and encouraging you. We've got connection groups that can keep that fire going. We've, I want to encourage you to be in God's word. To, to continue to be in prayer, to, to keep the Sabbath. So we just don't get so busy and forget that one day, man, we can trust God that we don't have to be doing something all the time because God took one day. Silence, we've talked about, how God speaks to our hearts. We need to be sharing and serving. We need to continue to grow in emotionally healthy spirituality. And then just simply to tie it all together with our growth. We just need to listen and obey our shepherd. Because he will get us going in the direction that we need to go. So along with poisonous plants and predators, the last two enemies are insects and disease. And I want to share both of these together because the remedy of these are kind of tied to the same um, the same, the same remedy together. So the first one is insects. The worst of the worst insect for a sheep is the nose fly. Some of you are like, what the heck is a nose fly? Let me tell you a little bit about the nose fly. The no it's going to get a little gross, so if you <laughs> bear with me a little bit, I'll try to, try to keep it a little not so gross. But the nose fly lands on the nose. Mucous membrane lays its eggs on the nose. The eggs turn into a worm-like insect, goes up through the nostrils, into the sheep's head, 
and embeds itself in there, causing, as you can imagine, huge irritation going on. The sheep's response is just to start thrashing their heads, almost like a migraine headache. And they'll beat their heads against trees, against posts, against bushes, because it's just absolutely driving them crazy. Advanced stages of this can move to blindness, and it can also kill the sheep, mostly because they get so frenzied of the pain they end up killing themselves by swinging, uh, swinging their head against something um, and killing themselves. The other crazy thing is just the fear of these flies when they come, it can send the whole flock into a frenzy because they think it's going to happen to them. So even before it happens, that fear of those nose flies can just send the whole flock into this kind of wild-like frenzy. And all of this distraction keeps the sheep from being calm. It keeps them from eating. It keeps the, the mother sheep from feeding the young ones because everybody is just so distracted with what's going on. And the remedy for this is a handmade ointment from the shepherd that includes linseed oil, sulfur, and tar. And what they do is they rub that on the nose and they also rub it on, on and around the head to keep these flies um, from affecting the sheep. And instantly, when this oil is put on, this, this mixture is put on the nose and the head, just a calmness comes over the sheep. And they know it's going to be okay. They start eating again. The babies start feeding again. And there's just a, a contentment, a peaceful contentment among the flock. Well, tied to that with insects, there's a number of other insects, and I'm just picking one of the main ones, but tied to that is disease. And there's a number of diseases, but the one that's most feared is called scab. It's a highly contagious disease, and it spreads with direct contact. So as you can imagine, it's commonly found on the head. Sheep use their heads a lot because they're bumping into each other, rubbing up against each other. This highly contagious disease starts spreading throughout the flock. The remedy for this, again, is oil, not linseed oil, but olive oil, sulfur, and a mix of spices to control the disease. They'll start with the head if the head is just affected, but sometimes this scab begins to spread in other parts of the body of the sheep. So they actually have to take this mixture of oils and, and sulfur and stuff, and they turn it into a dip. And they actually, sometimes they got to bring the whole flock and dip the whole body um, in order for the scab to be prevented. But their main focus is the head, so they'll just take the head of these sheep, the shepherd will, and it's almost like in a pool, you know, when you're dunking someone, but they'll just go over and over just to make sure that this oil gets all over the sheep's head to prevent the scab from doing severe damage throughout the flock. And this is what David meant, the shepherd, when he wrote, you anoint my head with oil. The sheep needed this anointing. They would not last long without it. 
This, this special oil remedy prevented not only the, the concerns that I shared, but some of the ones that, that come around it, like fear and panic and blindness. If the shepherd was on top of it and he would catch it when he first noticed it, this would prevent any insects or any diseases from affecting the sheep. Well, we, we have received the same anointing from Jesus, our shepherd, from the blood that he shed on the cross for our sins. He's, in a sense, anointed us with his blood. When a sheep was given as a sacrifice for sin in the Old Testament, it needed to be without blemish, which meant it needed to be free from the number one disease that caused the blemish, and that was scab. Jesus presents us unblemished when we come to him and present our sin before him. He also wants us to keep a short account of our sins, our sins with him and our sins with others. And communion is a reminder of what he did on the cross and how his body and blood were sacrificed so we could have our sins forgiven. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.